0: There's no denying that an ending can either make or break a movie. Get it right, and it's a cherry on top, but screw it up and it can torpedo the audience's entire perception of the film. So much effort goes into getting a really good ending, and so it's quite inconceivable to consider that some of the most famous, iconic, and instantly recognizable endings throughout the history of cinema were actually complete accidents. I'm Amy from What Culture, and here are 10 famous movie endings that were total accidents. 10. The trippy final shot was due due to a faulty camera, The Last Temptation of Christ. Martin Scorsese's biblical drama, The Last Temptation of Christ concludes with Jesus lying on the cross. The film abruptly ending as the frame is enveloped by a strange array of ethereal lighting patterns before transitioning to the end credits. Though audiences quite reasonably assume this final lighting trick was an entirely intentional flourish from a master filmmaker, symbolizing Jesus's journey off the mortal plane, it was actually just an accident. During shooting, there was a technical issue with the camera to film the scene, and upon reviewing the footage, Scorsese discovered that the color integrity of the image had been compromised, but he ultimately liked it enough that he decided to keep it as the movie's final shot, and looking at the film in all of its haunting ambition, it never seemed anything less than completely intentional. 9. A Seagull Invaded the Closing Scene Barton Fink The Coen brothers' superb psychological thriller Barton Fink ends with one of the most memorable images in their entire filmography. The scene, courtesy of veteran DP Roger Deakins, shows Barton wandering onto the beach only to see a beautiful woman, resembling the one from the iconic photo featured throughout the film. To top it all off, in the final second of the film, a seagull is seen flying into shot and suddenly falling into the sea, apparently dead. As much as this might seem like an intentional blackly comic concoction by the Coens, it was actually completely happens stance. As it turns out, this wasn't planned in the slightest. The seagull simply dive-bombed into the sea mid-take and the Coens liked it enough that they decided to keep it in, even using it to make their abrupt cut to the credits even cooler, kind of giving the impression the goal was dead, the movie was dead, you know. Overall, it was pretty damn cool. 8. A fake blood pump misfired. Sanjuro Akira Kurosawa's legendary samurai film Sanjuro offers up one of the director's most unforgettable endings, when the titular samurai is forced into a very tense duel. As it's starts, both men draw their swords, but Sanjuro beats Hanbei to it, fatally cutting him with one stroke and causing a geezer of blood to squirt from his body before he drops down dead. The scene is so awesome that it's impossible to conceive that it was meant to go any other way, but according to actor Tatsuya Nakadai himself, the fight hadn't actually been planned out before shooting started, apart from the outcome of course. When Toshiro Mifune stuck Nakadai on the first take and the technician triggered the blood pump strapped to Nakadai, it malfunctioned and shot a much larger torrent of fake blood out, almost knocking the actor over in the process. Kurosawa decided he loved the effect, and so the fight was completed in a single botched take. 7. Ludacris choked on his drink after The Rock ad-libbed. Fast and Furious 6. Fast and Furious 6 ends the same way that every Fast and Furious movie does these days, with a family barbecue. However, the sixth film lays claim to one of the more memorable barbecue scenes for one reason, the immortal one-liner dropped by Dwayne Johnson and the resultant spit take from Ludacris. When Hobbs shows up at the Toretto household, Roman mockingly says, hey Mia, you better hide your baby oil, to which Hobbs quickly retorts, you better hide that big ass forehead. And Ludacris promptly spits his beer all over the floor whilst laughing. The spit take quickly became a much-used gif online, and to make it even better, it wasn't planned at all. Nor was Johnson's original one-liner. Hobb's clapback to Roman was ad-libbed by The Rock and proved so hilariously unexpected that Ludacris genuinely spat his drink all over the floor. Thankfully, director Justin Lin had the camera coverage to capture it in a perfect mid-shot, and so it was usable in the final film. 6. George McKay fell over for real whilst running along the trench. 1917. Though it technically happens about 10 minutes before the end of the movie, 1917's big climax occurs when Lance Corporal Schofield makes a daring run parallel to the British trench line in order to quickly reach Colonel Mackenzie and have the attack called off. The mesmerizing sequence where Schofield runs down the trench line instantly became one of the most iconic moments from any war movie, Schofield continuing to run even after being knocked down twice amid the chaos after bumping into two fellow soldiers. As meticulously engineered as the scene appears to be, by sheer necessity given director Sam Mendes' single take approach, To George McKay wasn't actually scripted to collide with extras. These moments were total accidents, but Mendez had his cast and crew under strict instructions to keep going in the event of a mistake. And so McKay quickly rolled to his feet and ran back to his camera mark along the trench. Ultimately, seeing Schofield get back up after taking two tumbles just adds to the breathtaking visceral intensity of the scene. Five, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series against everyone's expectations. Fever Pitch 2005. The Farrelly Brothers 2005 remake of British sports rom-com Fever Pitch changes the sport from football to baseball, and therefore shifts from following Arsenal's quest to win the league title to the Boston Red Sox's unlikely effort to win the 2004 World Series. While the film was being shot in 2004, the Red Sox were in the midst of the infamous Curse of the Bambino, a superstition that the team was cursed because they hadn't won a championship since 1918, shortly before Babe Ruth left them. And so, with the curse seemingly unlikely to lift anytime soon, the film was originally written to end in bittersweet fashion, with protagonist Ben coming to accept that the Red Sox are a doomed team, whilst a romantic reconciliation with love interest Lindsay cushions the blow. It was a totally reasonable assumption that the Red Sox would lose in the playoffs, but fate intervened, and miraculously, they went on to win the 2004 World Series, breaking the 86-year curse in the process. Before the Red Sox winning game against the St. Louis Cardinals, the filmmakers recognized the possibility of history being made, and so decided to shoot an additional epilogue sequence during the game itself. The Farrelly's had their two central actors attend the game in character, and once the Red Sox won instructed them to run onto the pitch and passionately make out whilst the camera crew captured it, it really just doesn't get much better than that. 4. The wrong script was sent to David Fincher 7 The story behind the ending of David Fincher's 7 is a little different to every other movie on this list, because the ending that we got was indeed the one that the cast and crew set out to film during shooting. However, the way that the ending made its way into the film, that was an accident. Prior to the movie ending up in Fincher's hands, the previously selected director wanted the ending changed. Having the wife's head in a box was a big no-no for him. Consequently, the scene was taken out, but by the time the script found its way to Fincher, someone accidentally sent him the original copy with the head-in-a-box scene still in. Fincher loved it, but when the studio informed him they'd sent him the wrong draft and sent over the one with the scene taken out, he insisted that he wasn't interested. Thanks to some help from the star Brad Pitt, the creatives were able to secure the grim original ending, and Fincher agreed to come aboard, and yet none of this ever would have happened if it weren't for a simple administrative error in sending Fincher the wrong script. 3. The train couldn't be turned off during the climax because the engine would freeze. 310 to Yuma James Mangold's 310 to Yuma is a rare remake of a classic movie that is in itself an excellent movie, offering up a grittier expansion on the original text. The film concludes with the titular train pulling into town as outlaw Ben Wade tries to fight his way towards it. With the help of his captor, Dan Evans, he succeeds, but Ben's deranged comrade Charlie Prince savagely shoots Dan dead. An infuriated Ben then kills Charlie and the rest of his gang, and boards the train after almost being shot by Dan's devastated son, It's a masterfully executed sequence and one brilliantly underscored by the anxious, heartbeat-like chugging of the three-tender humor in the background, effectively replacing a traditional music score. It's a genius feat of sound design, or so you might think. But on the film's DVD commentary, Mangold confirmed that, whilst he'd received much praise for this decision, it was actually a means to solve a technical problem whilst on set. As it turns out, the weather was extremely cold whilst this scene was being shot, and so they couldn't risk turning the locomotive's engine off during shooting in case it froze and wouldn't start up again. As such, the decision was made to leave the engine chugging away until the scene was in the bag. Mangold could have obviously removed the sound effect in post, but it feels like such a vital component of the scene's design in retrospect that there was simply no choice but to keep it in. Two, director Mike Nichols forgot to yell cut. The Graduate. Endings don't come much more iconic than The Graduate, in which the final scene sees Ben whisk Elaine away from her planned wedding before the pair hightail it in a bus. The final shot focuses on Ben and Elaine as they soak in the enormity of what they've done and what lies ahead for them, their facial expressions changing from joy to ambiguous contemplation. The ending is largely accepted to be one of cinema's greatest, a genius feat of visual storytelling which leaves the audience with plenty to ponder. But the circumstances which led to that ending were totally accidental. As on the 2016 Criterion release of the movie, film historian Bobby Osteen, who also happened to be the wife of the film's editor, Sam Osteen, confirmed that her husband actually directed the scene in place of the film's actual director, Mike Nichols. Osteen, having no real directorial experience, forgot to yell cut when the two characters stared into the middle distance. But once the true director saw the footage, he decided this was the only way they could end the movie. One, a malfunctioning light created the perfect unsettling mood. I'm a fugitive from a chain gang. This classic 1932 crime drama boasts quite an unforgettable ending, where wrongly convicted prisoner James Allen escapes prison and has one final reunion with love interest Helen before quite literally disappearing into the darkness. As Helen laments James's decision to disappear, he backs away from her as the lights get progressively dimmer until we can't see him any longer. The original plan was to have the lighting suddenly go black at the very end, However, during filming, one of the set lights blew a fuse and began gradually dimming during the shot of James backing away. The director ultimately accepted that the lucky effect only enhanced the meaning behind the scene, and so decided not to reshoot it, giving us the scene we know and love today.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?